Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, it's it's Dave DeVito. Um, I'm just coming here to say uh, that I love the Fallout app, and I would like to tell you about the service that they use to make this podcast. It's called Anchor. The best thing about Anchor is it's free. You don't have to pay anything. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to the episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can now make money for your podcast with very little, uh, minimum, little, little, little listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. This is your official civil defense broadcaster. One of the greatest threats would be radioactive fallout. Uranium fever. Where fallout is heaviest, it can even kill those who have not taken proper shelter. Broadcasting deep underground in a questionably constructed survivalist bunker is Dave Chaffins and Kenneth Vigue, and your host as always, Mr. Robots. This episode of the Fallout Hub is brought to you by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Open enrollment for advanced robotics courses starts now. Totally nothing sketchy going on. Nope, not at all. Welcome to the Fallout Hub. I am your host, Tom, or Robots, and with me today is Dave. Welcome, Dave. How's it going? Hello. Hello. It's great to be here. Hello. Imagine that. Dave is here on the unofficial official Fallout TV show uh, and Fallout 76 and everything else Fallout podcast, as I like to call us. <laughs> um, just fall. That's just Fallout. That's all we talk is Fallout. Yes. How many times can we say Fallout? Take a shot take a shot take now a shot. here's the thing here's the thing you may you may notice some of you are probably tuning in 
5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Fallout Hub Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the Fallout Hub, to watch us live. And you might be noticing, and you might be listening, and have also noticed that we are lacking a Ken. Ken's voice has not shown up in the stream at all. And this has happened before, and I'm starting to wonder, Dave, if maybe Ken has found a way out of the vaults and just didn't tell us. This is true. Um... I'm trying to think of means of egress that he could have mm -hmm. to get out. There's, so far we know of, there's maybe a door near the restroom. Yes. But we've never well, been to the restroom. Remember when Pete Hines just kind of like snuck in? Everyone sneaks in. Yeah. I and think I maybe he figured it out. I think he did figure it out. So and here's the other thing. Here's the other evidence I have is that he still does... Mm -hmm the uh, Chad Fault 76 podcast where he you know works with a bunch of those voice actors and he writes and stuff I've never seen right. him work on it in the vault but he's still putting out episodes he's yeah like, you would think that we he, like, would hear the away? voices yeah um, the, you know because he he does all of the different voices don't mind the he voice does. actors <laughs> the voice actor there. that's just They're a cover just for moral support. that's, that's just, just a cover, a cover. Right. he does them all it's amazing it's amazing like, he <laughs> is better than um uh, the guy from Family Guy. Uh, ah, crap! I can't remember names today. Uh, Peter Griffin. Pe he's better than Peter Griffin at doing voices. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Um, so yeah, so I, I think maybe Ken has snuck away, but he's not with us today. But that's okay because we are discussing a whole bunch of news. We've got bunches and bunches of news things to go over. <laughs> Is that the way you call bunches it? And bunches. bunches and bunches. Bunches and bunches. Bunches, bunches and bunches. Ron mm -hmm. Funches is joining us. That's a name I remember. No, he's not. He's not joining us. Um, so, Dave, what are we? What are we talking about right now with the news? What's going on in Fallout seventy six? What do people? What do the people of the wasteland need to know? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is your Charleston Herald here, uh, giving you the latest news, and this week, woo. It's a whopper. I mean, you're you're talking about news like it's raining down cats and dogs. So, not a sandwich right not now. A whopper sandwich. I mean, it could be a whopper sandwich. Always delicious. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. Some may even say impossible. Now, <laughs> right now, currently, we're going to talk about what's going on in the game, QuakeCon stuff, new content, PTS stuff, and some theories and. I guess, ruminations on future content. So there's a lot to get through. So let's start with just this week. Uh, today on PC, uh, not on consoles yet. They're going to, I think, hold off on that for a little bit. Uh, the Wendigo today, Colossus. Today, today. The 18th, when we are currently recording this and streaming it live, today. Today, yes. yes. So if you're listening to this on the audio version a few days from now, then it's already up. No, you're right. It's already out. Most of these, if, if you're listening about this a year from now, most likely all of this is already out. Yeah. Um, Old news. What are you doing? Listen to the new episodes. Go. Wh right. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Probably you, catching up. Uh, so Colossal Problem is out. Uh, we watched some of the developers at QuakeCon go through a run. It's been live on the PTS for a little bit. Um, Tom, I know you play on PC, but you probably haven't had a chance since it just came out this afternoon. No, I haven't. I did see part of the run. I did see part of the run, and man, that guy's ugly. 
That's an ugly thing. Now, <laughs> here's my thought. So, I've been on a screw. I, I've been looking for screws. What? Wait, wait, wait. Um, you've been... <laughs> what? You've been on a screw? I've been looking for screws. I've been, okay. I've been on a screw. Um, I've been looking for screws here. Is that a, um, is that a, this is my screwdriver right here. Just kidding. Uh, That's just LaCroix. Did you, like, put um, some... Never looking, mind. Go on. I did. I put gin in there. Um, I have been looking for screws, and... Normally, Wendigos have about five screws when they kill them. So I've been looking at not only places where I can get a bunch of typewriters, fans, that kind of stuff, but also Wendigo spawns. And so I can kill a Wendigo and then get the five screws. Now, here's the thing. If we kill a Wendigo Colossus, they should drop bulk screws. That's my, like my big, addendum. Big screws. Big, yeah, even bigger even Colossus bigger screws. Even bigger screws. Even like the kind that you use on a giant bridge, a metal bridge like the one on the screen behind you, like a like a yes, like big rivets, rivet screws. Big daddy would shoot into tweakers. Um, so (laughs) there is a unique uh drop reward list with uh the Wendigo Colossus when you complete an event. Seems like kind of a crazy thing where it's limited to eight people. You go into this cave, there's rubble falling all around you, there's terror, um, there's a terror system in play. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but you can get some unique rewards. You get a little bit of the, ah, that happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is that again? Ah, like that. That's a pretty good rendition. Yeah. That's kind of what they do, right? They look like that. This is a reason why you need to tune in for for the live stream because then you can see oh. my face and my expression when I go like this. Mm. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, the rewards list looks interesting. Um, they've added some cursed weapons, uh, including it's like a, a, a pickaxe. Um, I haven't looked up the details, but apparently these are three star weapons um that that drop they're like set weapons kind of like how they did way back when um they were doing uh the weekly when they had oh survival mode challenges where you could get Ah. unique uh, uh, weapons these seem like that they are kind of in that realm but are modified a little bit and i think the curse is that they deteriorate faster so i'm Uh. I'm curious to look into the effects of those yeah okay Um, as well as some stuff for your camp and some cosmetics and stuff like that that, that hmm. drops hmm. so cool that's what's going on um coming thursday though is meat week meat week meat week yes meat week is my favorite meat. yeah they've done this a few times now yeah they've done it i think twice um mm-hmm. it's probably my favorite event because it has all of the delightfulness of fosnot where you have people coming in droves to these locations, but everybody is collectively working on whatever it is, and the rewards are always good. So it makes sense to go back and do these again because you're constantly progressing and getting more script. Um, and then the you have the the hunting, which is where you get all the prime meats um, that yeah. I like to do, and then the yeah. the, the final cookout. Right with the, with the, with the super mutant buddy. What was his name? I'm going to call him Graham? Steve Graham. Graham. Chally the Moo Moo. Yeah, you get to join your buddies and cook it up again. It's always good to see them. You know, check back in, see how they're doing. I am. I want to put out there, though, that before the Brotherhood of Steel comes back, they don't feel too kindly to super mutants, so we'll see how they deal with Graham. Um, That's uh, I true. Think that there will be a, if, they, if they do do anything with Graham, um, there will be an uproar. Uh, an, an, an uproar. 
You also said doo doo. Uproar and doo doo in the same sentence. I'm gonna here take a drink. Um, the 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 interesting thing is they uh, uh, the Brotherhood of Steel hates super mutants, and if they kill Graham, then there's going to be hell to pay. An uproar. Yes. 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 You, don't kill Graham. He's not like the other yeah. super mutants. He makes meat for us. He cooks it up. He's the other one. thing that's been going on that I kind of want to talk to you about is this fortifying Atlas event that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the Brotherhood of Steel is coming in this next fractured steel, broken steel, Mr. Studio girl. Um, expansion. Thing. The, yeah. Expansion. Yes. In the next update, they are having you give a bulk amount of materials i think it's 250 at a time to raise money for community peace and eventually it's going to build the atlas station up piece by piece so that it becomes a a base to the brotherhood there has been some interesting problems though where it seems like some of the materials and the amounts they are changing and tweaking based on some of the player feedback so the first one is steel yeah and that was that wasn't too bad um but then it got to concrete right i saw i saw some salty posts on reddit about there is not enough concrete in the game to <laughs> to achieve this number what the heck are they doing now i'm trying to think of when i use concrete and maybe when i'm building a base but how often do i actually loot concrete mhm probably never <laughs> yeah and, and it's really heavy and yeah you don't keep a bunch of it around you don't generally i mean i don't know that i put it in my stash you know you're limited on space anyway why would you hold yeah. on to it until the event you know right and, and generally you're using that for i think i think really the only thing that it's used for is building walls because no no weapons or armor use concrete as a repair function and I can't think of any ammo that uses concrete. Although I would love some like concrete ammo. What if we had like a cinder block gun? That would be fun, right? Or a shotgun that just blasts like pieces of concrete, <laughs> like a shrapnel gun, but it's like chunks yeah. of concrete and it gets like stuck in your flesh. Ooh, it would be, it would be the equivalent of like beefing it on your bike while you were a teenager. So when I so sto- side story here, I used to live at the end of like a the end of a road and. Um, that was the last house at the end of the road. There was like a dead end, but two houses down, there was a turn. And so there was kind of like a, a like a left turn. And then if you continued mm-hmm. straight, it dead ended. And that's where my house was. So we used to play football in the road at that dead end because right. half of our football field cars didn't drive down. So it was it was more convenient. But because there was that turn there, there was like a gutter that ran across the turn and all the junk from the street all the dirt and concrete scrap and whatever would accumulate in there so we called that the gutter mm-hmm. of a thousand blood types because that's where everyone would you know <laughs> fall down while running and the joke was that obviously there's more than there's not a thousand human blood types so our football field was so popular that aliens would even come and and join us that's the american south for you you know yeah, yeah. football field so popular Yep, in the, in the end of a street. I mean, it wasn't tackle. It was like, we tried not to knock each other down. But anyway, yeah, so, yeah, concrete. Mm, limited? Mm. Only so much? Yeah, I'm unsure. 
I'm unsure how they're going to be able to do it, what they're going to modify, because they I think they want to do more community events. And this is something that we've been asking for pretty consistently is we want to, as a community, build places and settlements like it would be cool. Like we have said this on the show before, like it would be cool to yeah. see something being built over time by our contributions and and. and and how we get it but there's no immediate reward with building the town you get like a every time you donate you get like a little box of goodies that people have also been upset about because it's only some like power armor plans for nothing that's not already in the game and some like fruit it's like a nice christmas <laughs> gift you give your your step nephew um mm-hmm. that is like 30 and <laughs> thanks for and the fruit Delaware. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. That's essentially what I think it. What I think it. The rewards particularly are. Um, it seems kind of weird. It's like a weird. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm. I'm curious to see. I haven't really been paying attention either to how Atlas is being built up. If anything has changed about it, I haven't. I haven't really done much of it either. Um, you know it. <sighs> I don't see this as like a major event. It's I feel like this is like in the scale of events and the things happening in the game. This is just another thing to do. You know, it doesn't really further your legendary run unless for some reason something coincides with something you were doing on your on your list. Um, I think I don't know. I like, yeah, there's a lot of critique around it, but at the same time, it's just kind of something extra to do while you're doing all this other stuff. So, like, if you come across concrete, sure, go drop it off. But if you don't, do you, like, do you really want to spend your gameplay time looking up a map of where all the concrete spawns and jumping from location to location, collecting as much as you can to take it to one location? Is that really the the gameplay loop you want? I don't I know think, that I, it is. Yeah. I think the majority of players are treating it like how we wish that, like like super duper billionaires the united states would treat us um where they look at okay i've got 2000 steel i'm not going to use 2000 steel i probably only need 300 because i'm going to constantly be in scrap steel so let me take that amount let me take like you know 1700 out of there and just give it to this person so that he can build his thing and then i'll be perfectly happy with 300 you know it's like jeff bezos come on man like right yeah just share the love buddy yeah come on right it's kind of how that you could write everybody a thousand dollar check and you would not even notice <laughs> you know yeah yeah it's kind of how i feel like the, the the community has come about it they look at it they're like all right this week it's cork oh i don't have any cork so i'm not gonna do it or maybe it's you know whenever they get to wood or uh mm-hmm. you know what heaven forbid they start doing flux everybody's gonna be like nope yeah, you know, <laughs> nope not doing flux. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. But you know, I, I think, I think this is the first time they've done something. They've done something like this. I think you know their estimates. Uh, they're still trying to figure out what motivates people, what gameplay mm-hmm. loops motivate. Like, how do people actually interact with these things? For me, yeah. this is a this is a secondary thing. If I come across the item, I'll go drop it off. If I don't, it's not part of my regular gameplay loop. That's fine. You know, some people just really want to like. It's like. 
the whales, right? The people who who spend six to eight hours yeah. in this game every day are constantly looking for something new to do. So it turns like you you put something new and it becomes super important. Then it becomes the focus. But I think for the regular player, this is just a side thing. It's just another thing you can do when you log in, and I think that's fine. Yeah, and they'll I, adjust I, it. I, you know, I agree. I think that this is kind of a trial run. Um, speaking of trial runs uh we're about to wrap up our first legendary run here in fallout 76 is that exact- is that crazy to you because when they launched this it felt like oh wow this is <laughs> so gonna like, run for a few months this is this is gonna take forever and then now it's like uh, it's almost done the time means absolutely nothing to me um time- especially this year in 2020 time is both long and short all at the same time on a side note, there's a great, um, you should look him up on, on YouTube. It's Patrick H. Williams. He does a, a nice um, video about why instead of movies like Contagion or other pandemic films, uh, that uh, time loop movies are more cathartic during this time because we feel like and treat our days like we're in a time loop oh. um, where it's the same thing over and over again and then people eventually you know, like Groundhog Day or uh-huh. that new um, Andy Samberg film or um, <laughs> Live, Die, Repeat, a.k.a. Edge of Tomorrow. Um, wow. Eventually we'll escape. Um, but the one thing we're not going to escape is the legendary run. Um, my beautiful transition. Uh, well, we we will escape because it's ending. Yeah. The, but, if, I mean, in, in general, <laughs> we're not going to ever escape it because the legendary run just restarts itself. Um, ah, gotcha. How far, Tom? I have a question. How far did I get? How far did you get? And be honest. How far did I get? We're here. We're here for honesty. Yeah, I think I got. I'd have to look at it again. I don't know. Only thirty slots up. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of that was because I've been using my gameplay to uh, role play a new character through the events Mm -hmm. of the game. So I haven't been focusing on specifically hitting my dailies. In my weeklies, if I hit them, I was fine with that. That was cool. I mean, and that was great. But I haven't gone out of my way to do it. I, I just like I was talking about, um, you know, coming across things in the environment and dropping it off if if I found them. It's the same sort of thing. Um, I did right. spend a few days like specifically shooting for hitting my daily goals and doing that. But I'm just I, that's just not the way I play games. I just I don't grind things. I I play the way I play, and if the event matches the way I normally play, then it's like a bonus. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I unlocked the thing. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. And and that's I'm not cool with that. And, you know, who knows? Maybe by the end of this, I'll purchase some extra ranks and get some of the things I want. But I don't know. I didn't care. I guess I, I really didn't care about it. And I and I didn't pl- I didn't like, like meet every day at the challenges. Um, really, when I got to I guess level 40 there was a part of me that kicked in that was like you know maybe I can maybe I can I kind of want to get to this particular place I think it's the rank with the last um, with the ultrasite um, atomic power armor skin I'm mm-hmm. a few ranks away I'm at level 58 on there but once I hit 40 I was like okay I want to make sure I'm going to try to remember to log in and, and do these challenges because generally you can do them pretty quick yeah for the most part Some, mm-hmm. one time it's like join a group take a picture in a group i'm like all right that's, that's two down seconds easy yeah yeah <laughs> but it, it seems like that 
I, I I'm not gonna make it. I mean, at this at this point in time, I'm not. There's there's no way that I'm actually gonna be able to make it. Um, I mean, I guess if I really like started grinding out that XP and the the weekly, I, I think the weekly that. challenges. The weekly challenges I think are are way better for me because. If I log in, I'm doing daily quests. So I'm doing the, um, the raiders and settlers and the, the companions and, and, and stuff like that. Um, just because that's what gets you the, the treasury notes for the bouillon. And that system I am like on board for because that's kind of like a, an evergreen system. Mm-hmm. So I will do an event or I will do a, you know claim a workshop or something. Really, I don't even put anything down when I make a workshop because workshops haven't been that great since... Um, they nerfed them uh, way back <laughs> like yeah 2018 <laughs> yeah. but i i am curious i think that this legendary run situation is for people who really are invested in playing this and this is their like one game which i 100 percent understand yeah. but it seems like if you if you like have that in mind you're gonna easily be able to finish it like i think that by the time this is over i'm going to be close to it and I, I certainly don't play this game every day but if i if i had been following the challenges and stuff it's achievable i was afraid that it wasn't going to be achievable mm-hmm. with the way that things are going so so i have a question for you having seen having now that we're almost all the way through this what would you change about the next one or what do you expect will be the same or different do you think they, it'll be the same I length before. i have a feeling it will be so there's been there's been some leaks leaks of um it's not even particularly it's just people that played the pts um right right they have the new board out in the pts and it's i think about this i think it is the same length um as the other board but they're adding in more challenges i think more daily challenges Mm -hmm. truthfully they i think that they are very focused on getting us to log in daily and it should be a weekly thing like yeah. there's so much focus put on doing stuff daily whereas in right. having like weekly caps for thing like caps on legendary script on bouillons on I love saying bouillons which is fun mm-hmm. but people say bullions but I like saying bouillons bouillons um, bouillons um, they need to be more weekly I think I think that that makes sense for the majority of people that are playing this game because like you know Tuesday comes up and maybe I want to and mow the lawn and then I get you know confused by something in the yard and then I'm picking weeds for two hours and then I come inside mm-hmm. and I'm tired and I eat my dinner and then I watch an episode of Survivor and then I go to bed like right right uh, like I think it's a my, my guess on this is that it's a marketing thing it's a there's a marketing philosophy around active users you know daily active users monthly active users weekly active users and i have a feeling they probably have some sort of arbitrary goal for daily active users and they're trying to see if they adjust certain things how that affects the daily the weekly and the monthly active users um but like I get, I get it. If you if you love a game and you log into it every day, then you're going to participate more in that game. You're more likely to spend money in that game. You keep the player population up. You're talking about it to your friends. Like I, I get it. Like it's healthier for the game as a whole. But at the same time, not every person's lifestyle fits that. So you know, that's why you have to accommodate different yeah people. 
it's it's interesting yeah and it's and i guess you got to have something there for the people that are going to be like this is like their thing i i know people that that like this is their hobby like fall, like playing fallout 76 is their is their situation and this is like their online game this is what they play uh, and they generally log in both days um, i log in maybe three or four times a week though here recently it's been every day because i have this i have a problem when i get like just within reach of something i'm like i gotta go do so now i'm mm-hmm. like doing every day right before i go to bed knocking out the stuff but yeah. I think that they have to have a system in there. Um, I think that the Booyan system should be maybe reworked so that it's more encouraged for long-term play. Um, so you can do a bunch of the dailies and get a buildup of treasury notes and be able to trade those in within a week rather than having to wait. Like, it's stupid that you have to wait a day for the vendor to refill back up so you can get 200 Booyan, you know? Yeah, it's another like one of those, like, this will get them to log in the next day kind of thing. Right. It, yeah. And you don't you don't want too many of those, in my opinion. So I agree. I agree. I think that the I think in general, the the more this is that balance between like mobile game uh, kinds of things and player accommodation, I guess. And yeah, um, I'm sure and I'm 100 percent sure that these are the debates that you have behind the scenes, especially in the marketing and development teams of these companies is they're going. But in these games, this works. It increases these numbers. We see this kind of increase. But at the same time, you have to deal with player comfort and you have to do what's right for the player. And there's probably two ideologies that are fighting here. One of them is. Uh, short-term focused in getting that person to log in the next day and another one is long-term focused and more overall enjoyment and comfort with the game that makes them want to keep coming back in a more right. genuine way less than in a less gamified way um, so you get kind of that weird balance I think and you know I don't I don't work for them so I don't I can't tell you for sure that this is what goes on behind the scenes but I did used to work for a startup that used gamification systems in our software and I think that that you, you end up with these two fighting philosophies and there's just as with most things, there's probably a balance point somewhere in the middle that is comfortable, yeah. but also has the best return and works in the long term and the short term. But figuring out where that is takes time. I feel you. I feel you, dog. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of, I guess, it for what's happening right now. So kind of wanted to get in and talk about some QuakeCon stuff. QuakeCon! I hope you guys tuned in to QuakeCon, because there was a lot of cool stuff going on with It was Quake really Con. cool, yeah. and if you haven't already, and, and I'm sure most of the people if you're listening to this episode, you probably have listened to our last episode, um, it was really cool to talk with the developers um, about the game, about some of the inspirations behind the game, about what their... It, if you... like, there was, there was nothing there that I thought... Maybe a, a thing or two that was like scoopy, but you could really get an <laughs> understand of their scoopy. Um, you could really get an understand of their their vision and kind of like peek into their strategy, um, particularly, especially some of the questions you asked about lore. I thought were kind of answered some questions that people had as far mm-hmm. as like how much they look at this stuff it, it's worth checking out um yeah one of the really- things I, one of the things i've learned and and this reinforced it was that when you um 
whenever we have conversations with devs, devs, they are generally more aware and more plugged in than most people give them credit for. And yes, um, the average viewer, when they say, oh, my God, I can't believe they did this or, oh, my God, I can't believe they added this into the game. It breaks the lore or they this breaks the gameplay or whatever. Chances are there is a very considered reason why they did it. And they had a, they spent a lot more time than you or I did thinking about it. And groups of people spent a lot of time thinking about it. Um, so right. I've learned to give them the benefit of the doubt because oftentimes we don't see the whole picture. We only see the pieces of the things that we've been able to play or experience. Um, so uh, this reinforced that as well, you know, that there's, there is a bigger picture and especially the comment where he was like, yeah, we, we write all this content and then we specifically remove certain parts that leave holes <laughs> in it. Um, uh, that was very interesting to me. And kind of, kind of building off that just to, to, to get into the news, they have confirmed that the brotherhood of steel is coming from the West coast. So it's the one from, Fallout One, um, it's the original Roger Maxon led Brotherhood of Steel. Yeah. So I, I came across. I was doing real quick, Dave. I, I was doing some research yeah. on this for the Fallout Lorecast uh, a oh, few episodes ago, and there is in Fallout One, there's mention of a contingency of the Brotherhood that broke away from Maxon's group as they were moving locations and disappeared into the wasteland, never to be heard from again. They took some power armor and they went off in search of. A place where they knew there was going to be some more technology and things and then never showed back up um, which is absolutely and, and I don't know for sure but it's absolutely 100% a great way to connect this over because what if that group came across technology that uh, and overheard communications between Taggarty and Maxon and decided oh there's a bunch of stuff in Appalachia we should go over there and get all that stuff you know like there's a west tech and there's you know and it's not blown to hell that sounds like a good place to go let's head that way my i i I love that idea the there's always there's always room people think there's never any room but there's always room to to have offshoots of different groups it's like you know there can be like six robins that are under batman like there's no <laughs> right, right. <laughs> creatives have done what they want for, for ages and have made reasonings that are always that are always valid um it's interesting that they're going to atlas though and i've been thinking about this some in so atlas if you go into the lore of it is a weather station that's supposedly going to do something with the weather um and and i'm one for for putting out a bet out there and and kind of predicting things in the future Mm -hmm. so right now in the game you have a number of different regions each one is kind of themed uh cranberry bog is is really red with carnivorous plants and watoga um you know uh harper's ferry that area the bog is that what they call it no that's the cranberry bog (laughs) the mire the mire what they call it yeah the mire yes they're kind of yeah. similar. A mire and a bog. They're kind of similar things, right? Mire and a bog, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. But each area is very similar and, and it's kind of stark. Like when you're in the ash heap, you know you're in the ash heap. The Savage Divide and the forest, kind of similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, other than sometimes when you're in the Savage Divide, you're like, oh man, I'm high up now. Like <laughs> that's not exactly that that different from the forest. I'm starting to think that with all of these 
ski lodges up there. But something's going to happen. And, you know, to Sean Bean it here, winter is coming. I think that they're going to have some weather change. Snowy area change because they have kind of like this Atlas weather station. Is it going to be kind of they change the weather to where it's snowy up there and that would add in some new enemies and environments and wouldn't change things up too much like it wouldn't right but it makes everything that we're already familiar with feel different and new all the scorched already wear toboggans up there or <laughs> they're 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 ready for the weather they're already prepared right, but you're good for it right but what does that do to the yeah what does that do to the animals do they change animal spawns do they have winter animals all of a sudden come out and you end up with like I, you know, white mutated rabbits and wolves and I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that you have some new, I think you have some new creatures um, for the winter area that are, I guess, snowy themed. And that would, that would make more sense with literally all of the places up there are, there's like a thousand ski resorts and yeah. cabins. And, yeah. But uh, you could do this across the whole map. I mean, you could have a lot of snow in the higher areas, but you could have a little bit of frost, a little bit of weather change all over the place. And with a weather system, instead of, you know, oh, it's foggy or, oh, there's radiation clouds or it's raining, you could have snow. That's true. It could just be a light flurry in some places, but at least it would change it up. I'm curious if if they're going to leave it, like if these... If a lot of these events are going to be like permanent marks on the landscape or if it's going to be something that goes away. Oh, it seems like a lot of the Wastelanders content is like permanent marks. Um, mm-hmm. So like the wayward is always going to be there. The, right. the crater is going to be there. Right. Um, foundations and so forth. But if they change an environment of an area, then it opens up the idea of, OK, can they what can they do with other environments? Like what? Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is you don't. Like yeah, you don't need to expand the map if you can change the map in meaningful ways and make it feel yeah. new for the player base. Now, I hope they do expand the map at some point or, or get, take us to other locations. But um, it seems like a a really interesting way of making that work. You know. So, so speaking of leaving the map, they have also come on to say in one of their and uh, they had a, like a developer Q and A. Um, with Jeff Gardner and I think one of the community managers from I think it was Australia Bethesda um, or maybe European one of the European teams it doesn't really matter Uh, but But. they are currently developing a way for us to leave Appalachia with some fantastic new areas across America which they have called fan service and some spots we haven't been to Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. this is what I think they've been talking about when they talk about expeditions and yeah we were speculating about this before Mm -hmm. this is exciting go on go on at this point it's like okay they have these daily ops that they are putting out which we'll get to but these expeditions here is this gonna be i don't know if you've played Falk, uh far cry um not new vegas new dawn that's <laughs> far cry new vegas <laughs> far cry new vegas that's that's a wonderful mashup i'd love to play that game i haven't played new dawn i've played a number of the far cry games so i haven't played that one i i got it on a sale maybe at the beginning of all this yeah it was like I, I, I track video game sales because I'm always excited to see where you know how low prices get it was like what seven bucks or something 
was like five bucks. Yeah, five it was bucks, like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I like um, and I like other Far Cry games that I played, but the expeditions were very interesting where it was like, okay, they built the set piece. So like one of them was this um, like uh, aircraft carrier. Nope, not aircraft carrier, battleship. Battleship. Kind of situation. There you go. That they put out in the ocean and then it was mountains and you helicopter in get out of the helicopter and it's like i need you to retrieve the package that's on the battleship and you could do that in a number of different ways like you can stealth your way in you can like go guns blazing like you can find secret areas but typical video problems. game stuff yeah, yeah yeah right it's like you know you can't really go in the water for that long because there's sharks and oh, oh no. you can't like, drive your car yeah so <laughs> i think that that's going to be kind of their take on dungeon um like in comparison okay. to like uh dungeons or i think a better comparison would actually be um strikes and destiny mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It, it, it's more of a long like 20 minute 30 minute process where you're going through a different location there's some sort of story right. relevance to it maybe right. i i hope um i hope these areas are more easily explored without having to do the mechanics of an event um, and that's and that's from like a lore yeah. character perspective. Like when they're talking about like we might be going to really cool places that you want to go see across Fallout. You know, like that to me that means let's go to the Mariposa military base. Let's go to mm-hmm. let's see what Boston looks like two hundred years before we know what it looks like in Fallout Four. Let's see. Let's see what the DC area looks like. Let's go back to the pit. Let's go, you know, like uh, what? Maybe we can actually get to Alaska. What did the remnants of Alaska look right. like after the battles that that happened there? You know, like there's a lot of cool places we could go visit. Um, and I'm hoping we come across characters that, and in some, and in some cases, characters like ghouls that we know are in Fallout Three or Fallout Four, and survived that entire time. So there might be familiar faces that have stuck around for a few hundred years, but it's like the younger version of themselves. What if we get to meet Harold before he becomes the tree again? With That's the, what I was thinking. Stick in his I head. was trying to think of like Fallout 1 characters, and it's like, would anybody like actually be alive that was that was non-human or super mutant during that yeah. time? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, you've got uh, some of the, like, you could go to Fallout 1, you could go to the... Um, Oh, with, the, with the city with all the ghouls. I was just talking about this recently. Uh, underworld. Is that what it's called? No. Under something? No. Um, uh, yeah, you're close. No, you're close. Necropolis. Three, Necropolis. 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 Yeah. You go to Necropolis three. and maybe you run into uh, Set or some of the other ghouls in that area. And, you know, it's maybe they're just starting to establish themselves there before the events of Fallout 1. Um, right. Yeah, There's there's a whole lot of stuff. Ken also just jumped into chat. I think that this uh, confirms our suspicions that he has somehow found a way out of the vault and hasn't told I us. I think he has. This is, this is a nonsense nonsense situation. Yes. Altogether nonsense. Yeah. Um, Thanks for telling us, Ken. <laughs> we will be sending Mr. Bigglesworth after Kenneth Agu. Yeah, um, he's going to drag you back his, With his ham roast and his port wine. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, I'm curious how we're, I'm curious how we're gonna leave, um, and what the I, like the only way I can think that we're actually it's the same way the Brotherhood's leave. gonna get get to us. It's the same way. Transports, I guess. I guess vertebrates, vertebrates, right? Yeah, that's 
Yeah, you can get on a vertebrate, you're going to fly out somewhere, which leads to the idea that maybe these are tied to brotherhood, like, strikes or or expeditions to certain areas trying to look for technology or whatever, or put down a potential threat. Like, maybe there's some sort of gigantic super mutant that needs to be taken care of. And so you you join the Brotherhood force that goes takes takes care of them over in the Capital Wastes, and then you come back. That's some that's some Halo vibes where we all come in on the on the the fancy yeah. helicopter. Yeah, and then you land. say something like, "You ready to kick some ass? Let's go! Yeah. Let's kill these sons of bitches!" And then you jump off. Well, that's more modern warfare type stuff. But yeah, then you jump off and like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 the music kicks up, and then you shoot everybody. I'm good with that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, kind of moving on to past up exp- uh, expeditions, past up expositions, and I'm curious what kind of exposition they're going to have involved. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of expositing, expositing, exposing. We've been exposing ourselves a lot. Go on. Um, they're adding mod support. Uh, that's one of the things that's eventually coming, and apparently, it's going to work. How it's they're going to it's going to work kind of how it does in Fallout Four. That's essentially mm-hmm. what they have said it's going to be like um, a there are, system already included yeah i don't i don't know how i'm very curious how how that's going to roll how i would imagine that they're going to allow you to use those kinds of mods um either if it's just visual mods that only affect your experience and then you can use them anywhere or if they're the kinds of mods that affect the world you can only use them on your private server yeah. that's what i would expect you- yeah, and it's like, how do you differentiate between when you're in the private server and when you're in, like, your character is consistent between both of them, so, like, you can use a modded... I don't think know, they'll you let you... A, yeah, I don't think they'll let you do mods yeah. beyond... Um, beyond that. Well, like, like maybe you have a mod that, like, changes the appearance of your character, right? But it, it, it on your private server, it works in a way that everyone can see it. But on a public server, it doesn't. It's only you that can see the changes. It's probably mm-hmm. something like that. Or they contain it all to private servers. Mods only work on your private servers. And um, as the person who runs your host's own server, you can approve or disapprove other people's mods from being included. Or somebody recommends, like, hey, I'd like to run this mod on your server. And then you can say, yes, you can. And then that gets loaded in or something like that. I would allow that. Yeah, I will allow that. You you can look like a funny anime child. I will allow it. <laughs> uh, coming up uh, after that, they uh, are doing some camp changes. Uh, particularly, they're adding more display options. Those have been teased. So you can have like kind of the the mannequins from Skyrim, and um, uh, yeah. Well, I guess those are in a lot too. Uh, ma- the mannequins, the power armor stations where you can hang up different stuff. Uh, but also they're adding in a shelter situation, which is their new camp instancing feature. They talked with us on the last episode about that and the mm-hmm. pro build mode, which we were the only people that talked about the pro build mode. Pro build mode. Um, you heard it here first. The unofficial official here. Fallout 76 podcast. The Fallout. That, and that's our, our flag that we've planted in the ground and we'll be sticking to it. I don't know why I pictured myself like a Midwestern sheriff. Um, <laughs> next thing. Next thing we've got are the PTS changes. Yes. So we've kind of done QuakeCon, we've done what's going on. Now let's look ahead. So one of the biggest things uh, with how they're doing One Laceland, One Laced Land. Your words are working one, so well today. It's, uh, I Dave has what, the best I've words. Only had, 
I've only, I have the best words and I've only had one sip of my little drink, which I'm probably going to end up drinking afterwards. Uh, <laughs> there is a nerf that's happening that people are up in arms about. Up in arms. Bloodied arms. Bloodied They've got arms. their bloody arms um, up in the air. <laughs> the the main thing is how damage is calculated has changed so everything across the board has technically gotten a nerf because it seems like and i've read into it of people doing kind of these you know, yep playing fast and loose with a lot of this math so i'm going to play fast and loose just because everybody else is and and, and experts can come and correct me later that was your that was but your nickname in college fast and loose. fast and loose uh, essentially, they have changed the have changed the the way it's calculated by instead of having a multiplier for bloodied and other types of of weapons, it's more of I guess an additive. So, like instead of like twice this, it is like just plus a static amount, a static amount. Right. So. Right. Your bloody builds are still probably the most powerful things in the game, but you do not have a one-shot build anymore. Like right. you can't, right? Hundred percent one-shot. Yeah, we're, which, I mean, we're we're. It's almost like we're reducing things by, I don't know, order of magnitude is probably not right. Instead of multiples, right. we're doing additives. Like, I guess that's the phrase, right? Like additive so like, multiple. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Whatever is above that. If I line up, if I, I have an instigating hunting rifle with my my bloody build, which is now my secondary because I've fully converted to junkies. I'm now a junkies man all the way through, junkies and I man. always have junkies. Junkie um, boy. With that, I can use an instigating rifle and hit like if I sneak and do the critical and get all the multipliers, I can do like fourteen thousand damage. To someone's head. So that's a little that's bit. Just, that's an that's an insane number. <laughs> That's like, um, that's like, okay, so in real world terms, that would be like shooting somebody in the head with a battleship cannon. Yes, uh, essentially, but right. instead it's a very tiny bullet. Um, right. But like propelled. So I <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all it takes is I a little bullet in the head to drop somebody, but instead you're just like just blowing their head off. It's a mess. It's 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 unreasonable, and I understand it's unreasonable, and I think that a lot of people do. And I think the thing with a lot of people and a lot of fans of Bethesda games is we all really like breaking the games a little bit. Yeah, right. We all really kind of play a little. We've been trained to enjoy that. Yeah, for sure. So when they put out Skyrim, and you're like, oh. Okay, so I can just like continually craft iron daggers until I'm level 100 on my smithing skill. We're gonna get a bunch of iron and leather and press X for or A or spacebar mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. a million and a million times until the the deed is done. Or oh, I can make a ring enchanted and then confuse the number system so this becomes a super ring, and then I can immediately craft all of these different things within the game itself right so i what are your thoughts on 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 generally if you've read anything um with this nerf 
Uh, I actually haven't spent much time looking into it. I knew it was coming, but I didn't actually get into the details of it. Um, but I like that this is a balanced thing. Uh, it makes sense. Like when a game has only one or two builds that are so overpowered, it breaks everything else. You know, why be why be anything other than those two? That doesn't make any sense. They need to define some balance there. Now, um, if we've learned anything from the way companies nerf and then rebuild and then do things, the pendulum swings and it swings too far one direction and then it comes back the other way and it comes back the other way until eventually balance is found. So I would expect that this is something that will continue to be tweaked with time. I'm curious because it's like... For enemies, it's like a horde of Scorch. Like, if there's a horde of Scorch, like, that's no big deal. But if I run into a horde of level 50 Mr. Gutsies that have the armor-piercing rounds, then that's a big deal. Uh, because I need those dead pretty quickly, or else I'm dead. So mm -hmm. I'm curious of, of how they're going to tweak enemies um, in relation to the nerf. And, and not that I'm saying that things need to still be killed very fast, but maybe don't give the Mr. Gutsies anti-armor rounds um, just because they're level 50 and because yeah. you're at level 50 you can't craft anti-armor rounds if we could then we would then yeah. moving on from, from the nerfs there's the legendary perk system which people are guess what up in arms about up um, in arms about mainly due to perk coins and how they are gained um, and people have done the math and people people do the math in weird ways so i never i'm i'm very questioning of math you know math is a concept i'm very skeptical very, of math i did a i tried doing a paper my first year of college uh i took a like <laughs> intro to philosophy course and one of the things that the professor said was like you could do like do a paper on whatever you want it doesn't have to be very long it'd be what even stuff like you know like how do we know that two plus two equals four and i was like that seems like a good topic not a good topic to do your first year of college when you don't understand math or philosophy at all um, yeah. Yeah. But there are people who try to figure out that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, come on. I mean, and going back to looking at settler reputation, they were like, in order to get max reputation, it is going to take us till December. And I can tell you that I've maybe got, I've got max raider reputation and I, I haven't, you know, tried that hard with that. Settlers, I'm almost done. I probably need to do two more daily quests on Sun, and that's and it's August. Mm. Now, then again, it's you know a national health emergency, so I've had a little bit more time. But to get essentially max out that content, like this, like you know, they're still grinding for gold and getting all the plants and doing all the different stuff. But the math, I guess, when it starts out, doesn't always, but. People are saying that in order to get the max amount of perks with the max amount of coins, these people are going to need to be in like 900 to 1,000 as their level. Um, mm -hmm. which most people are not, though I have seen some um, that are that big. I've been playing since beta, and I'm level... My main one, I think it's level 219, but a lot i mean people that have been playing since beta i know a guy that like if you're a daily player like, yeah a daily player and he's got like a guy that's like 600 and a guy that's 700 um yeah wow or 76. Uh, he, he put a picture that was like 7600 and he took it in front of <laughs> vaults 
and just people that, that, that play a ton and, and, and grind that and, and really enjoy that uh, yeah. for a ton. Um, so it's possible to do that. But again, it comes back to the legendary run. It's like, okay, what is this meant for? Like, what are legendary perks for? How much do they help? If it's a minuscule, if it's like a game changing amount, you know, maybe this is more of a system that we can put into that legendary run where it's like, okay, this is for the long term people. But if it's a major amount, which it doesn't seem like it is, then mm-hmm. that would be more of an issue. So, yeah, I have a feeling this works um, philosophically similar to uh, like I draw a lot of connections between this and Elder Scrolls Online. Um, you get your champion points after you finish leveling and your champion mm-hmm. points give you minuscule amount of increases, like maybe 0.30% more for your physical damage or, or whatever. Right. And so yeah. in order to get that number up to anything of really any significance, you have to grind it out to hundreds of champion points. Right. And that takes a long, 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 right. long time. Um, but a perk card is a card. You either apply it or you don't. So there's no incremental increasing of perk cards. So this system works more of a, well, you're incrementally getting closer and closer and closer, and then eventually getting that legendary perk that you were that you wanted. But it's right. something that you can do over months and months and months and months, and it's a very long-term goal. Right. That's the way I see it. I think that, and I think that's fine. And again, I think they're going to adjust the balance if they need to. My guess is that they have a lot of data that they used that we don't have in order to actually look at the average player, how much time they spent with the average level, all of that stuff. And they they said, okay, we want this to be something that this player will take X amount of time in order to achieve. And they just did the math with the internal numbers that they're tracking. And whether that's a good number or not depends on your opinion of the system. But to say that they don't necessarily know what they're doing is, again, a little bit misguided. Right. I think you're right. I think that, that how I think they're they're looking at in a holistic approach and putting something there for everyone. So I'm sure that with the new Brotherhood stuff, there's going to be a, a system with that. Um, as far as like, you're probably going to have a reputation system with that. That's going to work closer to Raiders and settlers. And that's more geared for people that are playing every so often. And it's like, Oh, let me go put stuff into this. And once I get to a new rank, it's all good. And the daily quests tend to be more experience for, for what have you. The, the legendary perks seem to be the same as legendary run as far as as packing order, um, yeah. where it's like, okay, this is for people. This gives the people that play every day. Some, um, right. Right. I agree. Speaking of an everyday thing, the daily ops is a new feature that's coming. I haven't really looked too much into daily ops, but people seem to be very... It's funny because I should be looking more into things that people are coming off very positively on. People have been very... <laughs> right. Yeah. On that, so... so well, what, what exactly is this? Because I haven't... I, again, you know, this is not one of the things that I've really been focusing on. Um, how does this work? Uh, to the best of my knowledge, and I'm probably going to butcher it just because people in the PTS have actually, a lot of people have played this, um, and, you know, this isn't going to run on my um, my, t- my 2010 MacBook. <laughs> right. It's going to work, uh, as I say that, with the desktop PC in the background. Um, but <laughs> it essentially works how you go and, and there's a particular monster that you're hunting or a group of monsters, and there's some sort of legendary effect that they have um, that 
mm. affects how they they look at not look at it just affects how they operate within the game itself. right right so this is like um uh, another another uh analogy here would be the um uh what are they called the mythic runs in world of warcraft do you know mm-hmm. about this i'm not i'm not familiar with the, the i stopped playing after wrath of the lich king i played yeah. that <laughs> so a long time ago so um there's a system in world of warcraft where you can go back through the same dungeons but you do them at increasing increasing levels of difficulty and depending on the mm-hmm. week different status effects and things change in those dungeons so so this is very similar like uh, the enemy might um, put out deadly poisonous spores all over the place and now you got to deal with that while you're fighting it or the enemy might jump and slam the ground ex- you know extremely hard and so now there's more area effect damage around it you know like uh, I'm guessing that this is the, this kind of thing so that it keeps the same engagement fresh by changing up the way that the creatures interact the way that that event occurs that makes sense to me um, uh, it's interesting like i I'm curious. I'm curious to go try it. And I need to read. I, it's like one of those things. There's a constant thing. If, if you're generally following news or, or making any content, like you kind of want you want to know, but you also don't want to know because you want to be surprised by it. Mm-hmm. And I ride that line pretty constant. Um, and, and generally, I want to know about the bad things. I don't want to know about the good things because I want to be surprised by the good. Yeah. Yeah. My, my interest is always always lies more in the story and the characters and lore than it does in the actual mechanics of this stuff um Mm -hmm. a lot of times i figure well i'll do it i'll do it at some point and then i'll deal with the mechanics when i get there well tom that's been an hour's worth of news there's a lot Uh, of news yeah yeah i mean we haven't news in like three weeks so i guess it's been a while and there's been a lot of stuff uh coming to our yeah ear hole yeah well do you want to save the um follow 101 for next time or we'll you wanna- that for, um that's a uh, uh, worth it to save uh but mm-hmm. we can go onto the soapbox if you want to sure really sure new- yeah so uh let's just tease it a little bit on on a future episode of the fallout hub you will be learning about fallout 76 reputation and how yeah, to maximize uh, that and how to maximize that. yeah so uh, Tune in, tips. tune in next time for more tips. All right, so we've got a soapbox. Uh, you want to you do the soapbox, Dave, or you want me to take a swing? I haven't done a soapbox in a while. I'm going to move my microphone to read a little better here. All right. Um, I haven't done it in a while, but I will, Go for it. I will take <clears throat> I wrote this, so if I mess it up, it's my own damn fault. <clears throat> Good evening, all. I will now recant my experience with Fortifying Atlas. The main reason people are refusing to donate is because of the absolutely god-awful rewards. It's the Brotherhood of Steel event. Why do you not simply add the Forbidden Knowledge quest rewards to the package pool alongside some simple camp items and or apparel? Also, why on earth are you expecting us to give you vast quantities of cork and cement that are quite literally impossible for us to obtain and provide even with the dedicated fans some of the dupers hoarding this junk we still don't have enough (laughs) if you are reading this bethesda we are watching if you fake the numbers we will know 
if you don't fake the numbers and instead release the lost rewards as Adam Shop items, oh boy, we will know and we will be angry. I fully expect that you're going to release a shit ton of Brotherhood of Steel item bundles in the Adam store sometime close to the release of the expansion, and I am absolutely expecting you to want us to buy them instead of giving them to us as actual gameplay rewards. How the hell it keeps going into a community (laughs) relations nightmare. It's so easy. Just add the Brotherhood of Steel power armor skins to the reward pool alongside the other apparel already in the game. Maybe add some stupidly simple power armor skins for other types, T45, T51, T65, X01, by coloring them gray and sticking a few BOS logos on them. This isn't rocket science, though some would say it is. And it isn't hard. Do you understand that even from a commercial point of view, you were doing this wrong? It's clear that you will lure them in you will lure them in with good event skins and rewards. Get the engagement rates up, then sell alternative, slightly modified variants of the skins in the atom store for like two hundred atoms each. Please, Bethesda. Two hundred atoms. Oh man. Two hundred atoms, pretty cheap. But that's pretty cheap. That's that's really cheap. Heck yeah, man! Do that. Yeah, do it. Do it, man. That's fine. I would love to buy things for two hundred. This is a game that doesn't have a subscription model unless you want to pay the subscription model. This is a game that you probably could have gotten on sale for thirty bucks at some point in the last two years, or cheaper. Probably got. <laughs> yeah, or cheaper, and then you could play every day and has regular updates and tons of free content. Like, like they need to be able to pay their employees. Like, like yeah, of course, of course they're gonna sell Brotherhood stuff in the Atom Shop, and then you can spend atoms to buy it. People have been begging them to sell Brotherhood <laughs> like, stuff in the Atom Shop, and there's a ton. There are a ton of Brotherhood things in the game itself. Like there is. Yeah, scribe, knight outfits. There's science officer outfits. There's like caps and and all <sighs> kinds of. They have all of the different variants of skin that you can get based on um, the the technical data quest, where you can go from like entry level all the way up to elder. Mm-hmm. Um, already a ton of stuff, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, in- sure, it'd be cool if there was even cooler rewards to get for the fortifying that stuff. Like, I'm not going to complain if they give me cooler rewards. But at the same time, right. if they're sticking a bunch of Brotherhood stuff on the Atom Shop for 200 Atoms each, then, yeah, great. You put a bunch of stuff on there. I'll buy the one or two that I really, really want. If yeah, I really, really want there, them. There's an interesting tweet this week, and I, and I, and I should credit the person that... T- tweeted it but essentially it, it was a line from the person collecting the brotherhood of steel atoms i can't remember his name um like the the character in the game mm-hmm. but he essentially you you ask him why why should i donate or do all this stuff for the brotherhood of steel it's like and he's like sometimes we need to help the people that we don't quite know yet and it's like sometimes we need to like get together for the greater good and do something whether there's a reward or not, like we should just try to be nice. And I thought, well, oh, that's nice. That's yeah. it. It's like, yeah, some little, little, little twinge of some life lesson right. in there. Right, right. You know, it's it's interesting because um, 
there's of course it's the internet so of course the loudest voices are the ones that you know i was trying to explain this to my parents recently because they've been kind of funny about things going on in the world and feeling called out because of certain opinions and beliefs that they have and i was like you know we live at a time <laughs> what? what was that Brother, speak. Yeah. Well, I was like, we live in a time for the first time in human history where, where the minority and idiots have platforms to get their voices heard. You know, before the internet, if you didn't have a, you know, an educated opinion on something, a important opinion because you were an important person, you didn't get published. You didn't get your voice out. Right. Like maybe you complained to the guy next to you at the pub, but nobody else ever heard your wacky nonsense. You know. But so, of course, like you have to take this stuff with a grain with a grain of salt. Um, But like the philosophy should be if you want it and it's valuable to you, then pay for it. And if it's not, if the value is not there, then don't pay for it. And because it's a capitalist system, if not enough people pay for it, then the price will come down. And if nobody buys it eventually they'll put it out for free because that's how that stuff works you know and some of the i i mean i even saw the pts they've put some of the stuff that are the big rewards in the um the legendary run are being put in um some of the vendors that are tradable for gold bullion so if you want like a chicken coop or a particular power armor skin you can like in the one wasteland update you can just buy that yeah out of gold yeah machine that's like, great i don't think they want to take away these things that like they, they they want things to have a value don't want to take away those things from ever being a part of of people's characters like they're not they, they're not gonna like wall off a, a new like it seems like that they're adding in a new power armor like variant mm-hmm. for the brotherhood that's not like a, a skin but like a not t65 not t70 but like t the TI-84 calculator. <laughs> TI-84. That's the best power armor. The TI-84 power armor. It's classic. If they use that, they have me and Texas Instruments. Um, right. <laughs> Texas instrument, Instruments really found their niche, man. They've been selling the same calculators for 30 years for the same price. Hey, you want to you wanna go do Algebra 2, you need your freaking graphic I, calculator. I bet it costs them like else. five bucks to make one of those calculators right now, and they're still selling them for like $80. You so, and it's it's interesting because like the kids won't know nowadays. They probably just have their iPads that have the calculator on them that right. they need for their school. Right. Back in the day, you had a calculator assigned to your cubby, and you had to go <laughs> get it. And everybody played Block Boy. Kids these days, <laughs> their yeah. iPads without calculators. Oh um, man. Anyway, yeah. Well. They, Human Tank is in the chat. Says model T one hundred one. I like that. That's- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like I, I get, I get a certain amount of pain, and like, okay, like I wish they were doing more of this. I wish they were, they were giving out more of these things. It kind of feels not always fair. I get that. Like, you know, like I don't want to go too far the on the other side, but right. at the same time, the rewards for this aren't that great. But yeah, they're they're, yeah. they're not the best rewards. Then again, like. <laughs> Not everything like we philosophically have this thing that happens as human beings where we treat everything like it's the end of the story. Like everything needs to be finished now. This version of this thing right now is terrible. It's not perfect. And so therefore it is bad and it is wrong and it will always be bad. And it's like, well, okay, maybe they're going to tweak it. 
Maybe the next event they're going to do better. You know, maybe they're going to learn some things. So if that's the case and things are constantly evolving and we're all in the middle of the story, then maybe maybe chill out a little bit and just give some con- constructive criticism and, you know, like, why be so cynical about it? Also, it's a right. video game. I'm also, yeah, I'm curious also about who we is. Yeah, I love the <laughs> emphasis in this. Uh, were, was this the original emphasis? We are watching. We will know. Actually, so I will say that all of these stoke boxes I go through and edit to be a tad a smidge more. <laughs> okay, okay. I, and so we will know, and we will be angry. <laughs> all about this we. Those are the real words. I, I think that maybe I he capitalized or she capitalized one of the the he's or the we's. Ah, and then you took the that. Wheeze. You took that and, uh, and used more yeah. of it. The we's. Yeah. Uh, well, even just like the, the use of the word here angry we will know and we will be angry i don't know i don't know the last time that i played a game and the developers made some sort of update to the game and i got angry like i've been disappointed i've gone like oh that's a bummer i wish this was a little bit better angry like angry angry should be reserved for like that guy, that wacko at the gas station just threatened my mom. So it made me angry, right. you know? Like... Yeah, somebody stole 20 screw me when I died right after an event the other day, and I was... I guess I I was angry. I was on a low-level angry, uh-huh. but that wasn't anything... I didn't, I didn't, that was my own damn fault, you know? Right, right. Like, <laughs> like I, felt, I was frustrated with the fact that I didn't put those screws in my stash before I died. You're like, right. yeah, that right. makes sense. But I don't know that. I, uh, when was like, the last time you felt angry at a developer? Uh, I don't. I just like I've been kind of bummed out. Stole my twenty screws. In which case, screw you. <laughs> screw you, buddy. Yeah, I don't know. I think people just need to. And maybe it's just the state of the world. Maybe people are just stressed about everything. Uh, that could be part of it. Being mad, people love it. People feed off that. Oh man, they get so ingrained into it. And I love being angry about something. Today's a great day to be. Oh, it's so good. It feels so good to be angry. I had a comment on one of my um, uh, YouTube videos that I shared it on. I'm going to have to share it right now as we're wrapping up this episode. Um, some guy, I, I, I put out a video about um, the what I believe to be the release date for Elder Scrolls Six. This was months ago. Um, and he writes, change the title of this video if you're not going to give a real release date. Not suspected year, idiot. I expected a month, day, and year, so I disliked this video and reported it for spam or misleading, since that's exactly what this is, and you, and what you intend to do. Good day. <laughs> I was like, what? Release date? Like, because I use the word date, they expected, like, a day and, like, a month? Like, uh, this is a speculation video. I don't have a date. Like, no, I think it's going to be released in this year, and here's my reasoning, right? That's a date. Um, it's dumb, it- I mean, if we we're going to start reporting people, let's just report all of Juicehead's Twitter at that point. And, and we'll <laughs> hey, that doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So being the, being the total jerk I am, I responded and said, I hope your home life improves. If you haven't tried this yet, it's worth it. Best wishes. And linked him to an anger management hotline website. Well. <laughs> no response yet, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't think you're getting that response, Tom. I don't think that that's a... <laughs> 
I hope he writes me and says, thank you for that. You changed my life. Uh, no, more, most likely he's going to say, like, F you, and then that'll be it. Um, but anyway, on that note, thanks for joining me, Dave. This has been fun, <laughs> as always. Um, and now we know that Ken has snuck out of the vault. We're going to have to figure out oh, what's he's going on with that. Chat room in the own show. Yeah. When I know for a fact that he should be down the hall. Yes, he should be down the hall. Now, um, some other things to to kind of close out the episode. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, including Loot Crate and GameFly. And if you click the link in the show notes, you can get fifteen percent off a uh, subscription to loot crate and that includes the fallout crates which are awesome that's where i got some of these flags i have in in the background on my video uh, like the brotherhood in the enclave back here um and a bunch of stuff i have on my desks and shirts and things i don't this might actually might have been a loot crate shirt um and uh so 15 percent off that it's a good deal and uh also gamefly if you if you wanted to jump into fallout 76 and you've been just listening to the show because you like our voices and don't play 76 yet and are kind of on the fence about it then uh, right now they have a deal where you pay for one month of game rentals and you get two months so you get 60 days of whatever game rentals you want free shipping all that stuff from gamefly so if you click the link you can do that it's 10 bucks for 60 days instead of 30 so especially with the fall coming out and a bunch of new games on the horizon might be a good time to have two months of just a bunch of game rentals and then you can see yeah. which ones you actually like tony hawk um crash bandicoot there's some like cyberpunk like, gonna... cyberpunk's so, coming oh, out what so, what what Nasty. only like the Nasty. biggest game right now like in the buzz at all yeah crazy crazy stuff yeah you could rent that stuff for 60 days uh in the next few months if you if you sign up so um and it helps us anytime uh, any of you guys use those links to sign up for one of those services it helps keep us doing what we're doing so we appreciate it um dave anything else going on uh so uh, I, I put an announcement this week. I've, I've, I'm launching a brand new podcast. Um, it's called Geography Arcade. It comes out August the 27th, which is a Thursday. It is a 20 to 30 minute show in which I will be, I guess, exploring geography uh, through the lens of video games. And that's that's what I put on the resume when I submitted mm. that in. So lots of uh, Google Earth. Lots of Google Earth. Uh, no, actually, though, I spent most of my Saturday reading research papers, which was kind of cathartic and fun because I feel like I'm I'm back doing the, the side of geography that I normally don't do because my, my day job, I am I am a map maker, but I don't get to do like the fun, like Ken Jennings geography kind of stuff. Um, I don't know why I pulled Ken Jennings. He's like, a, I guess, playing Jeopardy. <laughs> he, he's big into geography. Anyways. Um, that is coming out uh, next Thursday, um, and you can find everything. Everything is at Geography Arcade. So finally, I can talk about what I've been working on, which nice has been months of trying trial and error. Exciting, <laughs> exciting stuff. And uh, next week, Monday on the Robots Radio Twitch, uh, Dave and Ken, if we can find him, and uh, Tuneversal Tune from the Tuneversal Twitch stream, and. Uh, my daughter Lainey, who has been joining me on the Fallout Lorecast, will be coming to the Fallout Lorecast to celebrate live Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 
Uh, so twitch.tv slash robots radio. We're going to have the hundredth episode celebration. We're all going to just bring some of our favorite lore bits to talk about and have a good old time. Just kind of hanging out with some buds who have joined me on the show in the past and, you know, talking a little bit of fallout lore. So if you're into that kind of stuff, tune in for that. Um, of course you can find me at the fallout lore cast or any of the other lore casts, Elder Scrolls, cyberpunk on the network. Uh, and also recently I was on an episode of the DL, uh, the, our weekly gaming news uh, podcast on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into some of the gaming news that's been happening, some of the new games coming out, those kinds of things, um, go check that out. I, I got to join them on an episode and did a, a quick little interview and answer some fun questions. And we had some really interesting discussion about cyberpunk, actually. So go check that out, the DL. Um, and all, all of the shows on the network are at robotsradio.net. So go check that stuff out. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. And we will be back same time next week, Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. And until then, Mm -hmm. take it easy. We'll see you guys later. Bye. And Dave's just going to do that forever. Forever. Thanks, chat. When do I stop? Thanks for joining us, chat. (laughs) Craig dipped out of our our recording, so we're going to have to um, pull the audio out of the, uh, the video for this for that's uh, weird yeah. i wonder why he did that he's uh he had a warning on the site saying that he, he uh, discord's been kicking it recently so i think it's having some issues um Man, he's a little bitch fuck him <laughs> how do you really feel uh i'll tell you <laughs> uh human tank hank and bundacott and i don't know if tech is still in here whoever else is still in in the channel tech was in here tech was in here i know we've got a number of other people still in here thank you for joining us um I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, yeah, thanks for being here, guys. Um, yeah, it, it, it's plenty of fun. Sorry we didn't get to much time in the chat today. There was just there was so much, and there was so much news and and craziness. And craziness, it's it's a lot of news. Yeah, lots of news. Wackiness. Lots of fun things coming. I'm excited about uh, the updates that are coming out. Um, I will probably be streaming later tonight as well, doing some more of my role play fallout 76 mm-hmm. run so if you guys want to join me over on here i'll put the link i watched i watched a bit of that and I, I i enjoyed my time um i'm also equally excited for um some fallout lore cast i haven't been on the fallout lore cast since the last time since the last time you talked, were on the fallout lore cast. we talked about yeah though the last time was 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 in this quarantine but the the first time was when we talked about hobbit i think for like a good hour <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> 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 yeah awesome yeah next week's gonna be a lot of fun so um yeah. yeah make sure if you if you're in chat right now and you're not following the robots radio channel uh follow that so you can check out the fallout lore casts on monday and then not the hobbit lore cast not the hobbit lore cast although we could start one of those too yeah i know a lot about tolkien i used to come up and with uh, I, excuses to write papers on tolkien stuff in college well Here's the thing: the the Cimmerillion is tiring and tiresome, and it shouldn't be read. It's not meant to be read. That's my thought. <laughs> it's meant to be referenced, uh-huh. but not read. It's it's meant to be referenced, <laughs> not read. Yes, correct, <laughs> correct. As somebody who's enjoyed the series, I love the Hobbit. I like the Lord of the Rings. I hate the Cimmerillion. <laughs> I have not finished it. Yeah. Then I I never will. That that's one of those things that I've given up on. Well, I've read the whole thing. Hopes and dreams. So there's that. Have you read the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. 
and and I was so into it that I read the whole thing when I was in high school, and then through college, I read a bunch of Christopher Tolkien's books about how he wrote the Silmarillion and the different versions, and talk about mm-hmm. heady stuff. I just kept reading. I just kept reading that stuff. I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, well, I think that I think like how he wrote it and like his process would be interesting. But, but it was like actual- it was like deep stuff. Like um, in this in this version of the manuscript from 1932, the names of these characters were changed to this, and it read like this. So it was like rereading sections of the Silmarillion piece by piece by piece over and over and over and over again. Again, that's, that's, stuff that you should reference, but probably just not read all the way through. Probably not read all the way through. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I spent my time in college reading a bunch of Buddhist literature, so I, hmm. I, I know a lot about that and, and not much else. Oh, cool. Uh, outside of, you know, the, the, the degree. <laughs> <laughs> all I right. know good drink pairings and Buddhist literature, and that's mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. Well, I'm going to get right. going. I'm going to go grab some dinner. Thanks, Chad, for joining us. It. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.